0: Amen. If you can join me one more time in our Bible as we are looking at the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. Uh, for today's uh, lesson, we're going to come to the gospel of Matthew, uh, look at v- chapter 25, to further highlight what was read in our morning reading of how we must be faithful. Uh, Jesus gives this teaching, uh, some of us might be familiar with it, known with the uh, five talents, uh, the parable of the three servants. Uh, we're going to look at this text uh, this morning. Those who have the Bible app, uh, you're welcome to to get on to our live uh, message, and you'll be able to see our the Bible text there, and you'll be able to uh, see the notes and read the Bible right along with us there. In the Bible lab, I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation, Matthew 25, starting at verse 14, going to uh, verse 30. Uh, If you're not there, say, hold on. Starting at verse 14. New Living Translation reads this way. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver— The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you have gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I Knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would use your money, lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well, what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you help me announce this certain matter to your neighbor, tell them faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor, tell them, the your other neighbor on the other side so they don't feel left out. Tell them faithfulness. Amen. Fruit of the spirit. Uh, Here we are uh, talking about the fruit of the spirit. You know, if you turn to Galatians chapter 5, go to verse 22. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, joy, goodness, self-control. Now, I I try to see if y'all are paying attention. We've been going through this. Y'all should be able to know them by now. Now, the fruit of the spirit. And here we are now. We're looking at faithfulness. We've talked about kindness. We've talked about peace. We've talked about patience. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. Now we are talking about faithfulness. Here it is that we can understand that the first fruit expressed to us of the Spirit is realizing that they're not f- multiple fruits, but this is one fruit with many aspects a part of it. And the first aspect is love, realizing that everything flows out of love. Love is the initial part of the fruit of the Spirit because God is love, and God being the Spirit has given us His Holy Spirit, which, en- which enables us to love one another. And in loving one another, we should be faithful mm. in the Bible we see a word used many times in different kind of understandings dealing with adultery and God says that he has an, an adulterous nation how they've gone after other idols basically saying they have not been faithful and had them not being faithful it has severed the relationship they have with God. And because of their unfaithfulness, they're missing out on the blessings that come from faithfulness. And so here it is that God, who is faithful, is talking to us who are unfaithful, calling us to be faithful. Lord have mercy. How is it that the faithful God is looking at his children and is asking us to be faithful to him, knowing that we have issues? that our heart is prone to wonder our, our hearts are prone to go after whatever we desire and yet god says the lord your god is one you shall have no other gods before me the lord your god is a jealous god god has made it clear that he should always be number one your first in love and priority and yet Consistently in our lives, we have replaced God with other things, and yet God still stays with us. If if that was so true in so much of our world, we would not have 50% divorce rate in marriages. Because lack of trust has broken so many relationships that when someone cannot trust you, they don't trust you. And so if they don't trust you, then they don't communicate with you because they don't trust you. So why should I share my money with you if I don't trust you? Why should I share my day with you if I don't trust you? Why should I let you have my car if I don't trust you? And so when you don't trust, you don't have a relationship, then what do you have? You have nothing. Yet God calls us to be faithful. I'm so glad that he does not enable us. To be faithful without his spirit because we cannot be faithful without him. But because of the gift of this Holy Spirit, he gives us, he sows, this is the fruit of what I have put in you. And the fruit of what I have put in you will show you love, will show you joy, will show you peace, will show you patience, will show you kindness, will show you goodness, will show you faithfulness. So faithfulness is fidelity. It's trust. It's a character of integrity. We are called to be faithful. Now, understand here, this faithfulness here is not dealing with faith that you have in somebody else. This faithfulness is basically a characteristic that describes who you are. That here it is that when someone talks about you, will they talk about you being faithful? Will they talk about you? In other words, well, they, they may not use the word faithful, but they might use other words such as dependable. Trustworthy. Accountable. These are the are are modifiers to point out someone that I can trust. If you are dependable, means I can trust you to get something done. If you're accountable, I can trust you to take responsibility. But when someone cannot say those things, that means that basically they say you're not faithful. You leave when things get rough. You don't stick around. You're not accountable. You're not dependable. I can't trust you. We we know people like that. There's people that we call on. Because we can trust on them. You call them first. The ones you, you have less trust, that's the last resort. Like, I don't have anybody else. Are you available? Trustworthy is those that you know without a shadow of a doubt that they will do exactly what they say they are going to do. And the same way, we want to be people, men and women, of of our word. And when someone hears from us, that we can say, I am trustworthy. But think about how we live in such a negative world, how people always got to give modifiers and put out, this is my word. I swear to God. This is the God-honest truth. If you were trustworthy, you wouldn't have to use these to modify what you're going to say. You'll just go ahead and say what you're going to say, knowing that my actions will line up with what i got to say. But when you are dealing in such a non-believable world, people feel like I have to give evidence to prove that I am trustworthy. It's hard, so hard for us to let our yes be yes. And our nose be nose when we live in so much of people that are saying they are from the Missouri state. You know you know what that means, right? They're from the show me state. You know, they, they, they were born somewhere else, but all of a sudden they're from Missouri now, you know. You got to show me. And so here it is that we have to learn to be faithful because our God is faithful. God is faithful because that's who he is. Just tell you, that, that's just who he is. It's a good thing to know that God is who God is. Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says it this way. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love unto those who love him and obey his commands. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says he is the right. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Think about it. When someone is faithful, you trust them to do what is right and not what is wrong. When someone says, I trust you, they basically say, here, I will give you my credit card. And I trust you that you will not. Take advantage of what I'm giving you. Think about how you trust. You know, some of y'all got caught on me, but you trust that waiter every time you give them your credit card. That they're only going to take off what is the agreed upon amount. You trust that they're not going to break that contract you're about to sign. I lost somebody. Y'all, y'all know that's what you do. You, you say, I sign an agreement that I'm going to pay this amount. You trust that they have not did something else, that you going to let us find out that you see that bill you pay for your meal, and then you see a bill for somebody's vacation. You are trusting that person, but how often is that we can trust a total stranger? Well, we got problem trusting friends we've known for 20 years. Can I borrow a dollar? No, not today. I don't trust you. How is it that we so trust to total strength that we will give them anything that we have out of our pocket, but let a loved one come by and say, can I borrow? You got to, you go now, also you got, all of a sudden you become a detective. You got a vetting thing, situation going on. What you need it for? Or when you going to pay me back? You know, do you still got a job? You know, we're doing all this Investigation. And here it is that when we are trustworthy, when understanding what trustworthy means, that we can look at somebody, we can show them that, look here, I am trustworthy, not because what I say, but look at my life or how I live. God is trustworthy because he's shown himself to be true. God will never let us down. He is faithful. That's who he is. And, and look again, that since he is faithful, we trust him, to do what is good. Now, here's the issue in our lives, that we disagree with God, that God is good. somebody's looking at me, that's all right, but let me help you out. Because there been times in your life, you've been mad at God, thinking what he did in your life was not good. You're basically saying, God, you're not good. But here it comes the final, that even when we are acting to God, rebellious and upset with his choices he's made in our lives, God has still loved you enough that you are still here today. And that's a good God. Because we sure enough know there's people we've cut off where they've done some things to hurt us that broke our trust. Now, we don't let them get in our house anymore. We don't call them anymore. We blocked them from Facebook and Twitter. We've done all kinds of things. Those who broke our trust. But yet God, who we broke his trust every day of our lives, still every day blesses us with brand new mercy, grace, and love. That's why it says who love him, he is faithful to them. Look, that's why we know that God will do the, will work out the good of those who love him according to his word. Why? Because he is good. If you know God is good, tell your neighbor, God is good. And if you know that he's going to tell your neighbor he, all the time, God is good. And since God is good, check this out. Even when earthquakes happen, tsunamis come, the economy crashes, you fall sick in your bed. God is still good. That's why we can look up to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing our help cometh from the Lord. That's why in our despairing cry, we can cry, we can bless him, say, I'm so glad the Lord heard my despairing cry. Oh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. We understand that since he is good, since he is faithful, no matter what we're going through, we can call on him. How good it is for us to know that there's a God like that, that does not change like the seasons, does not change like emotions. Our our God, our God is so awesome that we need to learn to be like him. God's love is faithful and it is shown to us even when we are not faithful. God is just in all that he do. That means he is right. He will do no wrong. Praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his faithful love, what? Endures forever. And so when we think about this faithfulness of our God, think about our lives. God does not change. And when I think about that, I think about a, thermo, a thermometer and a thermostat. You know, a thermometer changes. It goes up. It goes down. But a thermostat, you said that. And you set it so that no matter the condition, it's going to be at that temperature. Think about how you want your room set at a certain temperature. So whether it's hot outside, it's cold outside, the thermostat is set, that it's going to stay at that condition. Think about when it's freezing outside, it's still 7 degrees in your house. It's 100 degrees outside, it's still 7 degrees in your house. But let that thermostat not be set. As the temperature goes up outside, it's going to go up in your house. As it goes down outside, it's going to go down in your house. But you set that thermostat. No matter the conditions, you're still going to be good in a comfortable position. What are you saying? I'm saying this, that when you let God get in you, it doesn't matter your circumstances, your surrounds. You'll find that a faithful God can help you out That When it gets hot outside, you can still stay cool. <laughs> Ooh, when it's, everybody else is down and out, you can still be up. Mm. Because he's a keeper. The faithfulness of our God keeps us and sustains us. And faithfulness with God enables us in a relationship with him. Faithfulness gives encouragement because when you trust somebody, you know that you can always go to them. Think about how in, in your faithfulness and you found faithfulness in relationships, that, how you've yelled at some people. And you said some things that are regrettable things, some things that you know you should not have said. And some of us have not even apologized for those things. But yet you still go back to that same person, act like nothing's gone wrong, and still sitting out eating with that same person, going to the movie with that same person. Why? Because they've been faithful. They've been faithful, even in times of abuse, in times of misuse, they've been faithful. And you realize because of their faithfulness, your relationship is better, that you realize that in times of struggle, in times of trouble, in times of pain, in times of issues, you realize that that's the one I can always go back to, no matter what has happened, I can always go back to. That's faithfulness. But when you don't have faithfulness, you don't want to go back to that person because you don't know what's going to happen. You know you did them wrong. You say, well, they might do it back to me. But faithfulness, realize faithfulness again, Raymond, faithfulness is no evil. It is what is right and what is good. That's faithfulness. And what faithfulness means is that you may have done me wrong, but I'm not looking to do harm to you. I'm looking just to be faithful. I, I'm just looking just how can I sow more love and sow more mercy realizing that God's still working on me. When we understand that, we realize that, you know what, they've been faithful to me. God, you, I, you've called me that I must be faithful. I, I must be good. How can I, God, be better? That's why God said, I've been waiting on that. <laughs> and then God will expose to us the issues in our lives that we need to surrender over to him because the reason why we are not able to be faithful because we are not faithful y'all catch that right? you know you, you can you can't go run a race if you haven't been trained to run the race I, I I was thinking about that I digress. but I was thinking about how when we had our our cookout and and there were half of the races out there how i how, how, how I was not on the field and and back in the day, I told every child I' will race every one of you, I know I could beat every one of you, but I knew they, that somebody might get me, so I, I said, I'm not going to step out. <laughs> And let them get me today. Nah, I'm still going to be undefeated. I'm not going down. But I understood that I've not been working out like I used to. And train like I back in the day. I knew I could run me 100 and it'll still be under some 12 seconds. But now I don't know. It might be a minute. I might pull a hamstring. I might not make it. I, I don't know. But yet I understand that faithfulness means that we have to continue to do something in order to get the result. We can't just show up. Being on favor, all of a sudden, you know, you can trust me now. I know I robbed last night, but tonight, ha <laughs> ha, I changed my ways. Did you give the money back? No, but I changed my way. We, we always want to change overnight, right? Realizing that, God, I have to surrender everything to you. Which brings us to our text, the three servants. It says the kingdom of God is like a man who's selling, who is going to go off, and he entrusts his possession. To the servants. You, you catch closely here. It says the man is going off. And he entrusts his servants with his possession. Nowhere in the text is what they have is theirs. It belongs to the master. He entrusts them according to their ability. With what he gives them. He gives them what they can handle. And trust them to get the job done. I understand that many times in this test we talk about our talents and what we have. But I want us to understand we have nothing but what God has given us. And what he has given us, he has not given us for us to be selfish with, but us to be, check it out, faithful. And us to be faithful with me, we must be serving him. The money that they were supposed to gain was not going to go to them. It was going to go back to him. Oh, I wish I had a witness here that I understood that everything that I do is not for me, but for his glory. That if he's not going to be able to get the glory, I need to check what I am doing we got to watch ourselves and watch how we get so selfish and so self-gratified that we'd rather please ourselves than giving glory unto God. That we'd rather prove how right we are, even though we're dead wrong, and look before God and act like we've been righteous, that we've been just. Known that on our best days we're nothing but filthy rags. Jesus is teaching us that we must learn how to be faithful with what he has given us. He's given us so much, and we have thrown so much away, and yet he still gives to us. And so when we look at this, that he gives them each according to what they're able to deal with. Now, I read from the Living Translation, it says that he gave one five bags of silver, one uh, uh, two, three bags of silvers and one one bags of silvers i'm sorry two bags of silvers but yet some say sort of, you know five talents and you know the two talents and the and the one talents basically what it's pointing out to us that whether it be five bags of silvers or five talents yet if it was related to a denarii that one denarii is 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 basic, i'm sorry a, a thousand denarii makes a one talent now what does that mean well you know a denari is a day's wage so, the denarii is a day's wage. And he gave them five. That's basically like saying he gave him a million dollars. And so, basically, he's pointing out that they get, he entrusted them with a large sum. And in this large sum, he is able to do some great work. Mm. I got one person with me. He gave them a large sum, which enabled them to do a great work. Oh, y'all still don't get it. Uh, Many of you, when you cash your paycheck and you put it into your account, and you're pretty satisfied with your paycheck, you're satisfied with your account, but yet you still think, if I had more. And you say, if I had more, I could do more. Hear me again. He gave them a great amount. He gave them more than what they had so that they could do more. And so here it is that he did not just give them scraps. He gave them an abundance to work with. And here closely you see there that he says, I'm going away for some time. And time is missing again that he was gone for a long time. And so which means that while he was gone, he entrusted them to be faithful. And do the work while he was gone. Now, if you look earlier in Matthew 25, you go right before the 24th at at the chapter at the end. He tells about a, how he entrusted slaves. And, and one slave said, well, Master's gone. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to do what I want. And I can care less. Master showed up because he didn't know the day nor the hour. He wasn't doing his work. He was punished. Showing so us again that we must be faithful while the Master is gone. There's time for us to do the work. We are waiting on the Lord and Savior to come back again. And we can't wait till it's time that we're going to get a notice. Uh, 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 I, I want you to understand that He's going to show up like a thief in a night, like a twinkling in an eye. It's going to change all of a sudden. So you might as well be ready. Uh, those who. who who are not grasping what I'm saying, that uh, he's not going to give you an alert. Uh, You're not going to get a poke. You're not going to get a tweet. You're not going to get an alert. It's not going to be something that you know that in five minutes, Christ is about to show up. No, it's not going to happen that way. It's just going to all of a sudden, when you hear the boom, whatever that sound's going to be for that trumpet, all of a sudden time is up. So you better be ready. And so here it is. He's telling them, I want you to work until I come back. And so the, you see them both, the two who received five and two invested, and they got re- good return. But the one that received the one, uh, he hid his. And look how the, when the master shows up man, he's selling accounts. Uh, master, you have gave me five. I brought back five. What does he say to him? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over much. I'll give you much more. Come, let us, what? Celebrate together. And hey, master, I, you gave me two. I was able to return back to and give it back to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over little but I'll give you much more. Come, let us celebrate together. Here comes the one. And you know how that saying goes, there's always one, right? Sometimes that one is us. I know it's me right here because I've been there before that I I have not been faithful. I can talk about me. I don't know about y'all. If y'all, been, y'all been righteous all y'all lives. I understand. That's never been me, master. That's never been me. But look what happened. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, "Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant in, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back this is This is something I want you to grab here that uh, this servant decided that." He was scared. And because he was scared, he decided that he will put an image of his master in his mind, saying, That's why I'm scared, because he's scared of losing his money, and I don't want to lose it. So, so, since I don't want to lose it, I know he's a horse master. And since he's a horse master, he does these things. I'll give it to him. Look what what the master said. Well, if I'm that, you should have put it at least in the bank. So, at least I would have got some interest. What? If I'd have sold, at least I'd have got something back. But yet, you, you really didn't believe what you were saying. I know who you are. You are wicked. Y'all see that there in the text. And lazy. Mm. Lazy meaning what? Not dependable, not trustworthy, not faithful. Think about, think about how we call people lazy at work. Because they're not dependable, they're not trustworthy, they're not faithful. We not say they can't do the job. We say they're lazy means they here they go, doing at their own tasks. We don't want lazy folk. We want dependable people. Think about how oftentimes when you are working on a project, you want to know who's on the project with because you want people that are dependable. Because if you know you are dependable, you don't want to be the one doing all the work. No, there's t- I, 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 I was not that dependable student. I I I was the one that looked for some else to do I knew I was like, if I want to get an A, I need to get next to the A person. And but your God has worked on me to help me out. Understand? Same, you got to do your best with what you got. The one realized that he didn't trust with me five. He didn't trust with me two. He only gave me one. I must not be trustworthy. No, you are trustworthy because he gave you the one. I lost somebody. Don't think of yourself lower than you should, but realize that God has given you the measure of faith you need to get accomplished what he's called you to do. You may not look like the A student. You may not look like the B student. You may be a C student, but catch this. God has enabled you that you can't be an A student. Don't lower yourself and settle yourself just because you look around. You don't have what somebody else has. That was my mentality. Well, they got A's. I don't have A's, so I might as well let them do the work. Not using what God has given me. I lost out on so many opportunities just because I didn't think I had something. I don't want anybody else to lose out and realize that you have something. What do you have? What God has given you. And he has given you something that you can get good return on because it is his. And he wants you to use it for his glory. And when you use it for his glory, he will celebrate with you. Let me help somebody out. Uh, There's people out here that you think you're doing a great job, and, and yet you have little people to celebrate with you. Let me help you out. Don't look for them to celebrate with you. Look to see if God is celebrating with you. Look to see if God is pleased with what you're doing, because there are gonna be some people that can care less what you're doing. But you gotta make sure that I am doing this for the glory of the Lord. Oh, thank you. Come here, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, but yet there are some people say, Oh, it's too hard. Oh, we don't got time. For it. But Nehemiah said, I'm doing a good work. We need to do a good work. We need to be faithful to do what our God has called us to do. You understand, Jesus, He is faithful. And he was doing the work of his father, and his brothers and his mothers came by to say, Come give him, he must out of his mind. And the Pharisees questioned him, saying, Who are you? But he said, I am doing the work of my father. we got to do the work of our father. When he was just a young boy, and they lost him, and they find him in the temple, he says, i got to be about my father's business. we got to be about the business of the kingdom. And being about the business of the king, understand that we may not please people, but we can please the king. And the king called us to be faithful. And so when we want to be well done here, well done, my good and faithful servant, we got to be faithful. And over that time, look, over that time, it's time for us to get it right. Think about it. He did not just leave and come back the next day. He was gone for some time, so that one had some time to get it right. But over the time, he decided, you know what, I'll just hide it, and I'll just, I'll just, just do nothing and, and hope he'll be pleased when he shows up. I want you to understand that sometimes in our lives, we have to be willing to trust God more than we trust ourselves. That one did not trust himself enough to do something. We have to trust God. God, if you trust me with this, how can I use it? How can I use it to give it back to you? How can I surrender and let you have your way? So we must be faithful. We must depend on His word. When we think about, as we read early in 1 John 2 and 24, it says, So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. And if you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. Think about what it means to be in fellowship. Jesus says, If you abide in me, I abide in you. But we like in that passage, he has this in there. He says that anything you ask, in my name, my Father will give to you. Mm. And, and the reason why is because he says you are in me. And if you are in me, that means what? I am in you. And if I am in you and you are in me, mm, then we are with the Father. And if we are with the Father, the Father will give the Son mm, what the Son needs. That, that, that's, that's why many times when, when you have brothers or sisters, you get jealous of that single child because that single child has everything. And the single child should have everything because they ain't got to share with anybody else. So if they, if the single child want a new toy, mom and dad can buy them a new toy knowing they, they don't have to buy a new toy for everybody else in the house. And, and so, therefore, look how it is that we become one with the Son, and when we become one with the Son, we become co-heirs with the Son, and we become co-heirs with the Son. We inherit the kingdom of God. We get to be with the Father. You understand that when we are in the Son, we are in the presence of the Father, and the Father always likes to bless the Son. This is my son who I am well please Ha <laughs> ha. Do what he commands to say. He is showing us. I love myself for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believers in not parents will have everlasting life. You know, he died on the cross and, and rose again from the grave on the third day. And look here, God was so pleased. He highly exalted him and gave him the name that's above every other name that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue so confess that he is Lord some of y'all didn't catch let me give you another example uh, my, my father is still, Saturday was his uh, his chore day and so Saturday he would go out uh, to to, to uh, anybody remember Handy Andy and he would he, go out to Handy Andy and I remember he would cut wood over there because you could cut the wood and measure it and bring it out and so I will go with my dad Handy Andy and help him carry the card and carry the things, trying to do all I can to be with my daddy and work with him. And then when we get to the register at, the, at, the, at Handy Andy, that's where my eye was, where all the candy was. And, and I was like, all right, daddy. I did my work. All right, daddy. Can I get this, daddy, please? Go ahead, son. Thank you, daddy. And I just go ahead and put it on. So as my dad is paying for the wood, what I wanted was already covered. Here it is. We're finding that my my God is showing us that this that when we are doing the will of the Father, we get blessings that get started. That's already covered. Mm, mm just by being with my father, I didn't have to go to the hallway. I could have stayed in the bed, watched some morning cartoons. I could have done a whole bunch of other stuff. But just because I decided to go with my father, I was in his presence, and I was uh, available to take advantage of the blessings of being in his presence. Let me help somebody out. God has caused you to be faithful, and when you are faithful unto God, you will be in his presence, and being in his presence, good God from Zion, you are enabled to receive some of his blessings. And, and when you can receive some of his blessings, you find out you get all of his blessings because God will with, withhold from his children. He will bless you and keep you. Is there anybody here glad that God is faithful? And because he is faithful, he has never stopped blessing us. Every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing us. He'll open up a window, and pour you out a blessing. You won't have room for, not because you deserve it. But because he is faithful, and anybody here glad today that you serve a faithful God, a God that is good all the time. Not part time, not off time, but all the time. And guess what? He's always on time. And since he's a faithful God, we must be faithful. We must learn to show him how we trust him. That when we are away from other people, we're knowing that God is still watching us. And we are we're all going to be trustworthy. That you can trust us. That you can follow us. That even in closed dark rooms, Lord, we're going to do things that resemble your light. Be faithful. Because he is faithful. And he has enabled you through the Spirit to show his faithfulness. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you.